Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got the mean orange eaten machine, string bean, looking peachy keen, Brandon Karam. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, I prefer that I get some sort of unique introduction every day from now on. So uh, I'm doing good. Syracuse had a tip-off event tonight, just a little scrimmage between the guys' team. Uh, Jimmy Beheim looks absolutely incredible. Not Jim Beheim, not Buddy Beheim, but his other son, Jimmy Beheim. that is. Uh, he looks good. Joe Girard uh, won the three-point contest, hit 13 of 15 threes. He can uh, hit those still? He can. He can. Uh, LJ, as, as me and LJ have watched Joe Girard III in high school dozens of times, uh, nice to see him go off in the three-point contest. Five-star recruit Benny Williams wins the dunk contest with – uh, you know, it really makes you take for granted how good the NBA dunkers are when you watch a college dunk contest. Boy, that was that was rough to watch at points. I, I don't entirely take it for granted because you know what? And actually, I think I care I care more about a college dunk contest than I do the NBA for two reasons. The A one, they don't have dumbasses like Dave. Uh, Damian Dwayne Wade judging dunk contests and screwing over people. You're right. They, they actually want to do it. I don't think there's a single person that plays college basketball that if asked to do a dunk contest, even if they couldn't dunk, wouldn't at least try. Well, LJ, I think we've got we've run into a problem in the NBA where the players are asking to get a specific amount of money just to participate. I don't understand how somebody doesn't, especially somebody that's going to be at the all-star game and is required to show up for that. Or really most of those guys are there that night. Why on earth they wouldn't want to go out there and do a couple of dunks for the hell of it. 
has has and like they can't even cite the fact that they're gonna get hurt because I genuinely have never seen an injury occur in one of those before ever. Ever. I would be genuinely shocked. At least this year you we've got one thing going for us, and that's the fact that Zion is completely or should be completely healthy by the all-star break. Fingers crossed. I mean, I feel like he's the one guy, he's the one superstar that will never stop doing it. That's like his thing. It's always been his thing. Well, Zion's putting on the pounds. He should be back by the all-star break, hopefully. But LJ, the Boston Red Sox have been eliminated from... Congratulations to the Houston Astros. Congratulations to the Houston Astros on making the World Series once again. Their first time in the World Series since 2019. The Boston Red Sox have been eliminated as the Houston Astros win game six of the ALCS, five to zero. Uh, Boston's magical season comes to an end. Certainly, LJ, prior to getting into anything else, um, you, as a Red Sox fan, LJ, you have to be obviously not happy at this instant, but with the season in general, no one thought that this was possible. I'm, I, I'm sad. I think the word you're looking for is sad, not, not happy with this because truthfully, I don't, I don't know how I couldn't be happy with this to have this team go so far when I mean, I was again, the height of my sights was a wild card birth, maybe winning that a realistic goal for me was having meaningful games in August and now I've gotten them all almost all the way through October. I don't know how I can't be happy with that. And but then you've got the other added factor of looking at this team looking forward. This isn't Brandon, this isn't like the Giants who it's like this is a bunch of veterans who kind of came out of nowhere for this miracle season and we genuinely don't know if they're going to be able to ever get back to this point where they were a hundred win team. I look at this roster and I see this is a team that made the ALCS. This is a team that won 92 games in the regular season, despite a COVID outbreak in the middle of crunch time. And I see more room to grow. I don't see a reason that they aren't going to be back in the next couple of years. And I know never take anything for granted, but I have to be pleased with this because I mean, throughout this year, just let's look at guys that will definitively be around that or should be around that we've identified as future pieces. This is the only guy that I'm going to address here that isn't, def isn't definitely going to be here, but I find it very hard to believe that Kyle Schwarber does not at least have the Red Sox being a heavy, heavy player in his free agency. The dude looks very comfortable here, played fantastic. And I was saying this earlier to you, Brandon, I texted you or at least tried to text you. The way I look at it, I see a lot of upside for Kyle Schwarber at first base. 21 games into his time playing first base. He's already making good plays. While he's also making his handful of mistakes, I cannot necessarily, you know, I can't blame him for not having it down to a science after, after less than a month's worth of games being played at a position. And he won't even playing that ever full time. So I, I think bringing him in was a huge plus. You've got, besides him, you went out and you found two outfielders in Kike Hernandez and Hunter Renfro, both of which will be back next year, both of which are going to be awesome additions again to this team. And then I look to the bullpen where we've gotten the privilege of seeing two guys really come up and step up and show that they're going to be very effective bullpen play pieces for the next several years that being Garrett Whitlock who I'm sorry I know people everybody loves to still keep bringing him up as a potential starter 
I see him pushing farther and farther towards a closer role in the next couple of years. And then you've got the not as effective this year, but certainly very val highly valuable because of his arm and armedness. That's not the word I should be using, but you get what my point is. Josh Taylor. This is year basically year two fully in the league. And he came up and showed came out and showed a lot of promise as a lefty in that bullpen. I think everyone's always thought Darwinson was the gonna end up being the top lefty to come up in the last couple of years. It's clearly Josh Taylor after this season, and I'm very glad to have him around. So with that being said, this is a lot more improvement in a single year than I was expecting roster-wise. You've got a manager who is aggressive enough to go out and win you playoff games, and he also is a good enough manager to be able to work with this team and bring an offense that – looked fine last year despite their talent and bring them back to where we thought their talent was capable of bringing them so this team is set up so well it's just it's a privilege to get here early yeah uh look even as a Yankees fan I feel like I've been very rational about the Red Sox throughout the entire season yeah. uh just an critical, incredible critical, rational yes I'm sorry Critical, but rational. It's a good balance. Right. And I feel like you've been the exact same when regarding the Yankees. I feel like we have a great dynamic where we bounce off each other, where we can still have a hatred for each other's teams, but we will never become so – we will never hate the other side so much that we become so irrational that it just doesn't make sense. The Red Sox season this year, I mean – uh, I took their over for wins for the season for when we did our like uh, over-unders. I think it was set somewhere in the low 80s. I took the over and LJ was absolutely right by saying that this offense was going to bounce back from the 2020 offense. I mean, we saw J.D. Martinez have a down year. Rafael Devers have a down year in 2020. They both bounce back immensely, especially Rafi Devers, who put up MVP vote type numbers absolutely this year. Um, J.D. Martinez puts up a very typical J.D. Martinez year, high average, high on base percentage. He's going to slug for you. Uh, another just great signing that you guys made back in 2018. Um, and LJ said it right the other night. There's this offseason, the Red Sox have just a few things to focus on, really. It's re-signing Jose Iglesias, one of them, right? Yep. Um, Hansel Robles, I don't know if that's an option for you guys, but he's only on a $2 million salary now. Realistically, you could probably get him for the same price next year, and I know I don't know how a Red Sox fans feel about him, but he's at least another arm out of your bullpen who you know will not completely blow up. I know the postseason may be not very indicative of what he can do, but the 2020 postseason, I thought that he pitched actually all right considering some of the circumstances that he was in. Yes. You know, and, and he's a guy who, too, can, can be relied on in big moments when he's right, which is a plus. I mean, to be able to get a guy when he's – any guy you can have when he's hot and you can just immediately slide him into that eighth inning and know you're going to be okay for that stretch that he's good, that puts so much – it gives so much rest to other guys. It's also worth noting the Red Sox – will finally get done with the Dustin Pedroia contract after this season. They will not have to pay him $12 million anymore. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez is a free agent, but I think the big one is Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, for sure, LJ, the Red Sox will be the, the number one contender in trying to get him back. Is that is that correct? Will they? You see, that's the, that's the piece on this team that I have not settled my feelings on. 
because I think his postseason helped him a lot because with the exception of that one start, he looked lights out. He once again showed us, and, and he showed in multiple big occasions this year that he still has that same talent that we've all, always thought was there. At the same time, if we're trying to build this contender, is there somebody who is going to be more consistently effective out on the market this year? If they want to go spend the money, can they go pick up another option, a two or a three, maybe even a one with a couple of ones that are out there right now? I don't know. That's the thing. Is it? This is, it's a hard question to ask because with even the, the very concept of a salary floor changes the market so much that that's one factor. But even if there's no salary floor, a CBA in itself makes the market so unpredictable. And so there's a scenario here where if, if you could get a gamble, a one-year gamble on a Zach Greinke, a Justin Verlander, would that be for maybe a little bit more than Eduardo Rodriguez? Would that be of more value to the team? If they wanted to really go out there and make a splash, if they wanted to make if they wanted to pay on a guy like Max Scherzer, is that a, is that a contract they want to go out and explore? I wouldn't mind it. That's the thing. Is if they want to be aggressive, then he is certainly not necessary to this team. Um, you know, a lot of people have been at least heading into the 2021 season were hyping up this shortstop class for the free agency. Can I go through the what the starting pitcher class is going to be? Yes, please. Okay, so... definitely guys that I'm forgetting that are really good. So MLB trade rumors set this up in tiers. So I'm going to go through how they have their tiers ranked. A tier unto himself is Max Scherzer. Okay. Okay. Other top of the market options is the next tier. Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. Wabi Way, Kevin Gosman, Marcus Stroman, Carlos Rodon, Corbin Burns. Okay, that's that tier. The next tier is former Cy Young winners in their mid to late 30s Zach Ranke, Justin Verlander, Corey Kluber, and Clayton Kershaw. Okay. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Mid-rotation arms in their prime. Anthony DeSclafani, John Gray, Steven Matz, Eduardo Rodriguez, Alex Wood, and then older veterans slash back-of-the-rotation options, Brett Anderson, Tyler Anderson, Alex Cobb, Jay Happ, Rich Hill, Kwang Hyun Kim, Wade LeBlanc, John Lester, uh, other notable names on here, Drew Smiley, Michael Waka, LJ. <laughs> very that, deep, very yeah, that, deep. That changes my mind on that and say, I would, I would bank more on them probably not signing him or if he's signed, it's going to be like late January because they missed out on everybody else. The other thing too, I think we've seen over the last couple of years is Unless you are L.A. I feel like L.A. is the only rating. Correct, correct me if you disagree. L.A. is the only market that really has the market pull in baseball anymore. Like there's, certainly market, there's certainly markets like Tampa that push, push people away. But I don't know. I mean, it just feels like there's everything is very contract based with the Yankees lately, the Red Sox lately, 
it feels like it's easier for them to lose free agents now that they go after now than ever. And part of that's because of been, been because of financial constraints, but I don't think the market, again, partially social media, large market is not as nearly as necessary now for branding. So yeah, I, I think it's certainly, I think everyone's going to be in play for everybody is what I'm trying to say. Like there's, there's a lot wider and appeal to different locations. But Especially if there's a salary floor, there is, there will be, you will see names going places and you're like, really? Like that's where they're going. LJ, the, the most recent rumor I've seen Marcus Simeon to Seattle. Hmm. which would make that because you figure now that Kyle Seeger's gone, they open up a pretty big portion of salary that they can pay to someone. They're still under a hundred million dollars in salary, which we've seen the Mariners eclipse many times in their franchise's history. They could very easily go out and get a huge free agent this offseason, And I would not be surprised. Absolutely. I just think with that list you read there, I didn't quite, I knew it was deep, but I didn't realize, quite realize it was that deep. And so I guess when I was back to my original point, there, there was, there's where my train was going. I found it. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, I don't see him being re-signed by the Red Sox before like a late January type of thing where they've missed out on a couple other guys. It's more encouraged. Those vets are more encouraging to me right now. Now after hearing that, because I didn't realize how deep a pool it was above them. There's going to be a lot of guys there that are going to be garnering big, massive amounts of money. And so, because you've got Stroman, Burns, Gosman, all these guys, Scherzer, all these guys, both Cy Young winners are for sure going to be free agents. I mean, Scherzer, Burns, and Robbie Ray right there are, are your Cy Young winners between those three. And so, yeah, I think those guys are going to detract a little bit from a guy like JV, a guy like Branke. Um, Kershaw's not going anywhere. Strowman, um, Gossman, you know. Yeah, so I, A, would not mind them, but even there's a couple other guys in that tier, Eddie's own tier, that I would probably be more intrigued by than him, particularly Alex Wood. Yeah. How about it? How about even Carlos Rodon? I mean, I feel like he'd be a good fit also. Uh, there's just so many names that you could pencil in really anywhere that there's going to be a lot of movement, I feel, for these big, big pitchers this offseason. But LJ, should we get into the game recap prior to moving on to anything else? Yes. Okay. All right. Game six of the ALCS. We have Luis Garcia taking on Nathan Eovaldi and the Houston Astros get started in the bottom of the first inning. Thanks to a single from Alex Bregman with two outs. Jordan Alvarez then doubles to make it one to nothing oh. Astros. Can I, we, we need to stop here because I do also have to do a little bit of Nathan Neovaldi defense here because his his line doesn't, I don't think, tell the story. Brandon, I'm not sure if you were watching this part of the game. This is a fit, horrible scoring keeping. Okay. Brandon, this double bounced off of Kike Hernandez's wrist. He was he was he was running back to catch the ball, had his glove outstretched here. It hits off his wrist here and bounces to the ground. While it's a difficult play, I struggle to not make that an error. If I'm if I'm scoring a game, which I mean I have in the past, eight to nine times out of ten, I'm scoring that an error. That play. At least from my vantage point. So in my mind, that shouldn't have been earned. But uh, worth noting that the double had an expected batting average of 780. So uh, 
I will have to see on the error yeah, maybe, on yeah. that play. And I also might be overhyping this myself, but that was just my. No, it's a fair point. I mean, Evaldi still, I thought. It was certainly a makeable play. For sure. Uh, I, I'm, I will have to check it out. Uh, the, I'll say that. Um, Alex Bregman singles, Jordan Alvarez doubles to one nothing. Astros lead after the first inning. After that, both starting pitchers settle in very nicely. Uh, Luis Garcia looks very, not, very, very good. Uh, Nathan Avaldi settles in. That was the only a damage that he gave up. He gets pulled with one out in the fifth inning for Josh Taylor, who comes in and um, allows a, a run. To who was it here? Who, who, but, who but Jordan Alvarez is the one that is the ultimate. So basically, here actually, I wanted to stop here as well. Um, more of me defending Nathan Evaldi. There was no reason on earth that he had to be pulled at this point. Let me remind you, this is the end of the season. If that score holds, at this point, there be sixty-three no- pitches. Are you kidding me? That's what I said, Brandon. He struck out four out of the last five batters he was allowed to face. He gave up one hit in that inning, and Cora pulled him in the fifth. That was an incredibly early pull. That ultimately, I think, is part of this game. I don't think it's. I don't think it's one of the two keys to losing this one. Um, I'll get in the set. The first key, of course, I'm going to have to say here, uh, Luis Garcia pitched a great game. As much as this, as much as this offense has gotten cold, it's also been the Astros doing a lot of things right. And I'm actually becoming more and more impressed with that Framber Valdez start from two days ago, the farther I get away from it. And a quote that really sticks out to me, not sure if you've seen it or not, J.D. Martinez in the uh, post-game press conference flat out said, I went back and looked at each of my at-bats multiple times Framber Valdez did not give him a pitch that he could do, felt he could do anything with the entire night. He's like, I didn't miss a single opportunity. I wasn't given an opportunity by him. That's how good he was going. And it, it, while it wasn't as dominant, it felt almost similar to this in this one. Well, it, it's crazy to me how the Red Sox offense can be so hot. And all of a sudden, just the last two games, just go so cold, especially looking at expected batting average for this one. 136 for the Red Sox the whole game. It's not even like you guys were getting unlucky. It, it was literally like the bats just went cold. And Well, this one was the anti-last game. Last game, Framer Valdez is just getting everybody to put it in the dirt. I don't know how many infield pop-ups were in this game, but it felt like it was like at least one per inning. And, you know, I said this to a few people and they actually laughed when I said it, but I was actually trying to be serious. You guys used up all your hits and runs early in the playoffs. You were winning by too much. You used up everything. It's, it, 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 it's just, it's just gone. Two hits in this game. Uh, have to give props to Luis Garcia, someone who LJ has been a bit of a hater on. Uh, I've been a hater because the, the stats don't lie, Brandon. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm just saying when you have had the season that Garrett Whitlock has had and you're not even thought of for the rookie of the year, that's ridiculous. And if I have to tear down Luis Garcia to make this point, I will tear down Luis Garcia. Very fair. Um, Well, the Astros score their second run in the bottom of the sixth. They actually hit into a double play, but that nets a run. Who but Jordan Alvarez scores, uh, and it's two nothing. The sixth, sixth, I need to figure that out. I have to actually – I want to address that. I was trying to find that play in uh, baseball some to see how hard it was hit. Because Jordan Alvarez tripled to – Lead yeah, off the this, this is, oh, yes, yes, that's actually, I want to go back farther because 
other than the bats getting cold and great pitching, great pitching plus colder bats, a big part of this series is what the hell were they doing with freaking Jordan Alvarez? Why was this guy pitched to? He's just Brandon, so freaking. I don't, I know it's like, I know it's a uh, left on left matchup, but this guy's killing the ball. You have three bases open. Walk him. Don't give him anything that isn't a borderline ball strike call. That's how you end up. Def- that's how you play your best defense is by allowing him to offense at this point, because it, it's scary. And then the other thing I didn't understand was their shift because they had, they had Arroyo and left or I'm sorry, Arroyo and right playing like that, that right, the second base right field thing. But then they had Hunter, Hunter Renfro shifted over. I don't even think it was in a traditional right field where he was playing standard right field. And so Jordan Alvarez rips this ball down the line and all of a sudden there's nobody over there to get to that ball in a timely manner. That's ultimately what made this a triple, but I got distracted from finding it, but it was honestly, you know, you almost feel bad for, oh yeah. 83 miles an hour off the bat, 20 launch angle, which is good for a 770 expected batting average. Well, it was an absolute bullet towards the ground, one hop, one one very low hop to Kyle Schwarber. Correa thinks he dropped the ball. Or, I'm sorry, dropped the ball. Correa thinks he caught the ball, so he runs back to first. So... Schwerberg manages to get back to the bag and tag the bat, tag the run, runner. So he gets the double play there, but isn't able to get it home in time to get out, get Alvarez. That was the, yeah, that was the Kyle that's Tucker the double play. Yep. That's, that's the RBI. So once again, that honestly goes back to my Schwerberg point of, you know, he's making plays that aren't easy. He's also not making the plays that aren't easy. LJ, to speak on Jordan Alvarez, for his entire career, I just looked up his splits. It doesn't matter if it's left on left. (laughs) Um, Versus righties for his career, he has a 950 OPS. Versus lefties, he has a 945 OPS. It literally does not matter. This dude is just an absolute tank at the plate and I went through what his 162 game average stats are the other night but I'm going to say it again for his career over a 162 game season if you take that average out of his career stats 42 homers 129 RBIs a 290 batting average 371 on base percentage 577 slugging percentage and a 948 OPS. He is actually one of the most talented hitters I think I've ever seen. And I'm not even joking when I say that because what he did in 2019 to win rookie of the year, 27 homers in 87 games. This year, people are doubting him to start the year. They're saying there's no way he can keep up at that pace. (laughs) and he puts up yet another insane year hitting Uh, this dude is a menace lj i don't think that there's another word to say than menace is there no and that's what makes me even more mad when you've got two bases open in the eighth and what's the logical what's the most logical decision here brandon Oh, yeah, it's to pitch to Jordan Alvarez, who's already three for three in this game, who finished the series. What was the final stats of the series? I'm seeing nine for 13 here, but I think that was like the last two games. Um, LJ, it, if you want his final series stats, it is. I really don't, but go ahead. Okay. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 12 for 23 with a 5.22 average, 5.38 on base percentage, 8.70 slugging percentage, good for a 1.408 OPS. How many home runs? Uh, just one. And then like three doubles and a triple, right? Three doubles, a triple, six RBIs, and only two walks. Only two walks. Repeat only that again. Two walks. How many walks? Dose. Two. So, like, one more than one. Three minus one. How? Explain it to me, because I'm genuinely interested. Well, LJ, I can't explain what did happen in the eighth inning, which is, the inning starts off with a Michael Brantley single. Uh, Alex Bregman fl- pops out to Travis Shaw. And then Jordan Alvarez rips a single to make it first and second with one out. Red Sox bring in everyone's favorite pitcher, Adam Adovino, to face Kyle Tucker. Or actually, excuse me, he faces Carlos Correa, who grounds out. Two outs now, you get a mound visit, and then Kyle Tucker steps up to the plate, and he rips a three-run home run to make it five to nothing Astros, and that's your game right there. The Red Sox season ends with Adam Ottavino on the mound. The Yankees won that trade. I do not care. Brandon. I do not care. Brandon. I'll give you this for now because I know you're looking for something to celebrate. But you do realize the Yankees stopped playing how long ago? Who has the better bullpen, LJ? Who won more games, Brandon? I think that's what matters. You paid us to take Adam out of Vino because you didn't see us as a threat. And then we went and not only got home field advantage, but Went to the ALCS on it. Question, question. Do you genuinely think Adam Ottavino had a positive impact on your team this year? Yes, I do. Okay. I, I, I think he was our – He our just second. wasn't meant to play for the Yankees this year. It, it, just, it just didn't make sense to keep him on our roster. I it think up until September, he was our second or third best reliever on this team. And he certainly made an, he made an impact on each of those wins up until August. Fair. Um, I did not watch as many Red Sox games as you did, so I, I trust you with that. Uh, it just didn't make sense for him to be on the Yankees roster this year. We ended up getting Clay Holmes, Johnny Lasagna, you know, just absolute tanks out of the bullpen. So I'm, I'm happy with how that ended up. But – the Astros can I get one more minute to talk about the Red Sox real quick because oh absolutely LJ you can have as many minutes as you want because I you know I I know this feeling of having your team get knocked out so feel yeah, free honestly it hurts most because this team is just in my opinion genuinely likable like the 2018 team was certainly likable but 
there really wasn't anything bogging this team down. I don't think. Like in those years, you had, you know, um, I don't even have to compare it. I really don't because you know what? You've got guys like, I don't know, Bobby's always been a great impact. You got Verdugo in his second year, more comfortable here with Cora. Everybody's more comfortable around there with Cora. Let's start there. Um, Kike Hernandez, Kyle Schwarber, great additions to this clubhouse. Kevin Pilecki, another amazing condition to this clubhouse. Watching Xander Bogarts take even further steps into being just the natural leader that he is. There isn't, there isn't a single person on this team I have not necessarily have like ire for. Like, I, I can find redeeming qualities in this team. This is a fun team. This was a likable team. And that I think helps the connection so much for guys to not have really any negative stories going around. Like there wasn't, there wasn't drama. It was just a bunch of guys who believed in themselves, believed in this team and were going out there and having a good time playing the game for most of this time. And then, to, and then again, to not like completely close down when everything started to go awry in August, like this team has a really good chemistry makeup in addition to, to a baseball makeup and it made it a lot more fun to watch. LJ, you said coming into the year, I will be happy if we play meaningful games in August. LJ, you played meaningful games late into October. It's you, like I said at the start of the podcast, yes, you're sad because you are eliminated tonight. And it's, it's, it's a sad time to be a baseball fan. When you look back five years from now on this season, you will genuinely be happy. When you see the turnaround from 2020, you will genuinely smile when you, when you look at this team and say, oh my God, we really went from the fourth worst team in the MLB to losing in six games to a in the ALCS. It, it's to a team that I would not be sh shocked against any matchup to win the World Series. Absolutely. Uh, just amazing. What? Yeah, the, and you know, if I had to rank it, Brandon, I actually probably should have asked you the same thing with this Yankees team. In terms of non-championship teams, this is definitely my favorite. And I'm not sure how it won't be my favorite because there was just, again, something about the chemistry of the team that made you want to root for them. Like, they, 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 were, they were a feel-good story. And, I mean, it's certainly more than 2019, 2019 – was highly disappointing. You had the question marks in the air of what the heck was going on with Sale. David Price was a hot mess, as he always was in Boston. Rick Porcello was also a hot mess. Um, 2020, oh my gosh, I don't... I, did they play in 2020? I really don't know. Um, no, and then the John Farrell era was kind of just a bunch of mad teams. So... Of the time that I feel like I was, I've been baseball conscious. This is definitely my favorite non-championship team. In terms of the time that I've been a baseball conscious, which is about two thousand eight, I'll say. My, in terms of non-championship teams, which we only have one, sadly, well, one championship team. I would say the twenty ten Yankees. Uh, is close because that team was just so good. And without Brian Cashman, not Brian Cashman fumbling the bag by not trading for Cliff Lee when he could have at the deadline really hurts me because that team would have won the championship that year. 2017 is uh, just an absolutely amazing year in our franchise's history. After we come off an 84 win season, not making the playoffs. And all of a sudden the baby bombers go on this huge run in the postseason. We're one game away from winning the world or from uh, making the world series. Charlie Morton shuts us down. 
that's tough. But it, it was Aaron Judge's rookie year. That was one of the most fun seasons. Uh, honestly, 2019 was fun, but that was, like, expected at that point. Like, it was like, okay, if we don't win the AL East this year, you know, what are we? 2021 is one of the least exciting teams that I've ever followed for the Yankees. Just, I've said this plenty of times, 85% of the games were genuinely unwatchable just because of how unentertaining baseball, unentertaining of baseball this team played. And the Red Sox were, I would have to imagine the complete opposite where you were genuinely excited to tune in for the games because you had something to look forward to when your team is expected to be winning games. And it's just like a struggle day after day after day. It, it became not very fun quick, but I'll say 2017 for uh, most fun non-championship year, but LJ, is that all we have for Boston and Houston for now? I believe so. All right. Big news out of the Dodgers and Braves series. Max Scherzer has been scratched from his game six start. Uh, and the Dodgers have not announced another pitcher yet. But uh, LJ. Corey Knievel will make his 19th start of the postseason. Well, first, I want to say it certainly makes sense why he didn't pitch in game five if his arm is dead for game six. Yeah, Brandon. We should take back all of our comments that we made last night about him not pitching in game five if clearly he can't even pitch in game six. No, you're right. You're right. And it's it's interesting because I believe it was Ken Rosenthal on the broadcast when they mentioned it that said – this has been an issue that he was already fighting through because this um, dead arm started to become a factor during right after that um, relief appearance in game five of the DS. That, that was what pushed it over the edge. And then he, of course, goes out there for what was it, game two or three? Game two, I think it was, that he went out there Brandon? Um, in the DS? In the CS. CS. Scherzer pitched in game two. Yes, you're right. And then he goes out there in game two. I don't even remember how long he went. Four and a third. How many pitching? How many pitches? 79 pitches. Okay, so he went out there and did almost a full base work. And that I'm sure, I'm sure if he was already feeling discomfort going into that, only made it worse. Uh, I would have to imagine, yes. The question becomes, what does this rotation look like in the hypothetical scenario where we don't see him again? It should be assumed that Walker Bueller will be the starter for game six. He will be, I believe we've mapped it out before the podcast, It'll be four days rest for him. He's he's more than capable of it. But if this if they're able to push to a game seven here, are we going with David Price here? Or are we going to try our luck with another bullpen game? Well, you're right. Walker Bueller should start today against Ian Anderson because Walker Bueller has not pitched since game three. And I did the math in my head. He pitched on the 19th and he threw 76 pitches. So he gets the 20th, one day of rest, 21st, two days of rest, 22nd, three days of rest. I don't know like what the general philosophy is now, but at least I can, from everything I can remember, when it gets to the postseason, you're expected to pitch on three days of rest if you're a top pitcher. No? Is yes. that just going out the window? Like, is that not a thing anymore? Um, it shouldn't be. The 
But then again, we keep seeing this because the math tells you so. I'm not 100% sure I believe the math all the time. But the math keeps telling us that bullpens are more important than rotations. And so we keep seeing teams that are far more willing to put their bullpen through the ringer and do a bullpen game and tire them out than they are to give to do one day less rest for their starter. That just seems to be the trend. And the thing is, is like, if you don't start Walker Bueller in this game and the Dodgers lose, all Dodger fans are going to be saying is, why was this guy not on the mound? It doesn't matter who you start, what happens in the game. That's the only case that they'll make, literally. Like, I, I, I don't. And you can't be blamed for starting him. No, <laughs> it, it all comes down to whether or not he feels like he can start. I think that's the most important thing. And the other thing, too, is like, yeah, not only do you have, are, is this going to be a talking, talking point all, all year, but if they don't win this series, if they were to hypothetically never win another World Series with this group, if, as we were talking about yesterday, this team will never will never look as scary as they do right now, ever again. I don't think any team will. If that's the case, are you going to be able to live with the fact that this team is always going to be looked at and say, this was the most talented baseball team of this era. They did not make the World Series. In the, in the NLCS where they lost, their two side young candidates – pitched one time each in the six game series in a six game series or seven even seven yeah. uh. in a seven game series they were given one time to touch the ball well seven there's no way he isn't touching the ball but in a six game series their two Cy Young candidates Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller got the ball one time each it's a gigantic stain on Dave Roberts it'll be a gigantic stain on the Dodgers Something, a point that I'm not seeing brought up enough and I feel is a very good point to make. Let's not forget that they didn't get a chance to let up in the regular season. They were chasing the Giants up until the last weekend. Like, they didn't get a chance to be able to set up their starters for the postseason whatsoever. These like this pitching staff has been pretty much brought to exhaustion at this point. So much so that like when you look back on this series in the future, regardless of if, if of if the Dodgers win or not, they went with a bullpen game while facing a three to one deficit. What team in the history of baseball has ever done that? Ever. So far, no one. No one. Soon, everyone. And it just goes to show how gassed this pitching staff truly is that they felt like we have to go with a bullpen game and that is our best chance to win. It's it's crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't entirely think it's because they're just gassed. I really don't. I think that they thought that their bullpen was good enough that they were better, especially with Max Scherzer not fully rested or rested to a point where he felt he could go. They felt they were their best their next best pitcher. I don't see that. I don't see that being an effective way to turn on a team in the postseason. I said before, I don't believe the math, even though technically I should always believe the math, because of two things. One. This is probably just because this level of bullpen use has never been tried in the history of Major League Baseball, that what we've got right now. But how many great championship teams do you know that didn't have at least one starter that was pitching out of their mind? One starter that you thought very comfortably could ruin the other team's day that day? I can't think of one. No. I can't think of one at all. And the other thing we have to talk about here, I will stand on my soapbox and talk about this 
until somebody else finally listens to me. I think the reason, one of the reasons, other than the fact that they're just too analytically focused and are not letting the players play, the manager manage, the coaches coach, the other issue for them is the amount of bullpen use all year. The math shows, yes, this is this and this is that. But at the end of the day, we have never seen in the history of Major League Baseball the amount of innings that the Rays are putting on their bullpen, that the Dodgers are starting to put on their bullpen, that the A's have done at times, that like you name the team, that more and more teams are increasing their bullpen usage. We've never seen that type of fatigue on a bullpen and then that bullpen tried to be relied upon as the primary source of innings, the primary source of high leverage innings in a postseason. I do not think these guys have the stamina for it. I just don't. You're absolutely right. Uh, and this Dodgers case is going to be looked back on as one of the most interesting uses of a pitching staff in history when like you just we've never seen a team this good use their pitching staff this way we've never seen a playoff team use their pitching staff this way this deep in the postseason ever so uh truly amazing to me uh but lj is it okay if i bring up the our non our non-baseball story of the day real quick the Syracuse curling team in their first match in 20 months comes back from a six to one deficit to defeat Villanova 10 to seven. And the boys celebrate with a little Wawa trip. I mean, when I saw it on Instagram, the final result, very happy for the boys being able to get to play for the first time in 20 months because of COVID. Coming back from, uh, I don't know how the scoring works in, in a curling, unfortunately. It's uh, subtractive like cornhole, right? Yes, no. I, I, I couldn't even tell you a single thing oh. about curling. LJ, I know that when the Winter Olympics are on, you're a you're a big you're a big curling guy. You know, that's the thing that I was about to actually mention, and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit. Curling is one of, if not my favorite, Winter Olympic sport, and yet I managed to forget it exists in between Winter Olympics, and that is something I am ashamed of. And you know what? I'm gonna rectify this. I need to double check that UConn does not have a curling program. If they don't, I'm all in on this team. Why did they have to show me that? I didn't want to see that score again. Oh, how, how UConn gets blanked at halftime by Middle Tennessee State. I just, I don't want to know anymore, Brandon. Yeah, but you guys won your first game in a long time a couple weeks ago. So it hurts. Yeah, but you won finally. So you, it's still you're... forty-four to thirteen. Oh yeah, I do not see a curling program. Brandon, may I join you? The Syracuse curling team has another fan. LJ, their next match is against RPI tonight at eight thirty. You're kidding. I'm not, I'm not joking. ESPN Plus? Yeah, unfortunately not. <laughs> LJ, I believe you do have a I believe you do have a little bit of a rant about Buffalo Wild Wings, is it? Oh, yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings. The most overrated place to eat in America. Brandon, I had my first Buffalo Wild Wings experience today. Have you been before? I have been a few times. I do not understand the hype. Maybe it's just because I had a bad experience. But for starters, well, for starters, I wouldn't fill fill all the tables, which annoys me. But I'm sorry, you have 
granted you have a very limited menu, but you do have non-finger foods or hot foods that are nice to be able to cut up. Are you telling me this place is that cheap that they don't have freaking silverware? Do all of the Buffalo Wild Wings not have silverware? I'm sorry, what? Brandon, when we sat down, not only, not only did they have no traditional plates, do they have plates at Buffalo Wild Wings normal or is it just the metal trays? Uh, LJ, I cannot believe that this was your, is this your first ever B-dubs experience? Yes. I am so sorry, LJ. I have never, <laughs> I have had only great experiences at B-dubs. So uh, I. Maybe we have to go sometime because here's what happened. There is one in Clifton Park. I know that. So we will have to send it there at some point. We, we will go at some point this winter when we're back home. But here's what happened. So we get sat down. Menu is rather limited. But we decided as a table to get the everything pretzel nuts. Very good. However. The food is excellent, though. Yeah. Um, a- hold on. So they begin bring us the silver tray with these four pretzel knots on it. However, it's obvious to share because it was we said, okay, can we, for starters, can we get these? And they said, yes. They did. They brought us this huge stack of napkins, these pretzel knots, and no plates to divide it. So we ended up having to take napkins and use them as plates for ourselves. We then go to look for silverware, and instead we get these little plastic wrappers of the cheapest forks and pl- plastic forks and plastic knives I've ever seen. Brandon, I had to get new silverware after my pretzel, because the pretzels were like piping hot. So I was like, okay, I'll just cut pieces off and then dip it in the cheese. I bent the tongs of the plastic fork, just trying to stab into the pretzel. I get, we then go to the meal portion, which I now have asked for, and they brought me two new sets of plastic cutlery. And I, I didn't, I wasn't really feeling like bone in wings. And I realized I was looking at it between the boneless and the tenders, which they all show together as if you can put the same sauces on everything. And so I'm like, okay, can I get the tenders? Or the first I asked, is the skinless or the or the hand breaded better for tossing toss? And he said it didn't matter. So I'm like, okay, I'll get the um breaded. They have an issue in the kitchen where they can't get my tenders out first. I don't mind waiting. I'm not, I'm not usually this picky. However, they then walk out with my food and say, sorry, if we tossed your wings or if we tossed your chicken tenders in in the sauce, all of the coating would come off. So here it is on the side. I'm sorry, but those dry rub buffalo sauce things, you can't dip that. You can't. So now I'm sitting here with this this metal, metal tray trying to dip just enough to get like the normal amount of sauce onto these chicken tenders going through i reasonably i shouldn't have been using the last one but i could have gone through three sets of cutlery with how many forks i broke trying to eat this chicken again fantastic piece of chicken but just a very unpleasant experience i am so shocked by that uh you know i was at a Buffalo Wild Wings out in Buffalo, believe it or not, after the Bills game. And we sat down and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And no one has come over to even ask us, like, to start us. And uh, finally, my mom asks one of the servers who walks right by our table, she goes, uh, is there anyone assigned to to our table? Oh yeah, let me check on that for you. Oh yeah, sorry, it's me. Yeah, it's me. And we're just like, so for the last fifteen minutes, while we've seen you standing over there chatting up another coworker, you 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 were assigned to our table. Got it. Okay. 
food though like i i, I actually li- like their food like it's it's good and it's well, a I, fun environment to watch any sporting event but i'm sure if i got the food i asked for and had utensils and a plate that were conducive to eating i would have very much enjoyed the food like the chicken i could tell was high quality so that's why i just it was a bummer man well meanwhile, meanwhile i have to sit there watching my fantasy team as jalen brown continues to be a bum Whoa, whoa. You mean the man who scored 45 points in opening night is all of a sudden a bump? Brandon, let me read you this line from tonight because that's what matters to me right now. Three for 13, nine points, four rebounds. Meanwhile, I have to watch Shane Gillis Alexander also stink up a storm with a 13-4-2 performance as the Thunder lose to the freaking Rockets by 30. And this is the guy that confuses me more. Jarrett Allen. You consider him to be a a highly effective center, right? For fantasy purposes, very effective. Yes. Honestly, for, for when he was with Brooklyn, he was a very good center as well. Four rebounds. I mean, sure, he went to five for six, which is nice. But He's only missed rebounds. one shot the whole season now. Yes, four rebounds. And this is coming off a game in which last game he had four rebounds. He's averaging four rebounds a game this season. That is unbelievable to me. But... E-dubs and Jared Allen, all they do is disappoint what a way to end this show thank you for listening we'll be back tomorrow night with a recap of dodgers braves game six should it should atlanta win we will be off until tuesday night which is game one of the world series should the dodgers win we'll be back sunday night to recap game seven And Monday we will have off as there's no games that day. So we will see you tomorrow. Let's go chop, as LJ said. And, uh, yeah, have a good one, everyone. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.